COVID-19 has accelerated our use of technology. How we work and where we work has all potentially changed forever. And this presents a once in a generation opportunity. This is your time. Stick your family home up in Hull and use Zoom to uh, establish everything you've ever dreamed of. You could speak to Singapore, Hong Kong. This is the time to make the most of that. This is Beyond the Capital from Supertech, a new series that explores the future of technology in the world of work. Our focus is the tech scene that's flourishing outside of London. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen, and I'm involved in the technology adoption agenda and passionate about opportunities across the UK. In this episode, we're exploring the regional fintech scene. I spoke to Michael Baptista, founder of Assembly Capital Partners, a venture capital firm that specialises in B2B fintech, and Victoria Roberts, director of the fintech delivery panel at Tech Nation. Many thanks for joining us for this episode. Perhaps we could start with you, Victoria. Just describe your relationship and journey into fintech. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here talking to you today. I'm the director of the Fintech Delivery Panel and InsureTech Board at Tech Nation. And I suppose my journey into fintech started when I was working at FSC 100 Insurer and sort of saw the journey that... Um, that institution was taking on its digital transformation and was really inspired and excited about that. So I jumped over into an insure tech and since then I've worked at um, obviously the trade association Innovate Finance representing all fintechs and I'm really delighted to continue to drive forward that work at Tech Nation today. Thank you. Michael? Uh, thank you also. Delighted to be here. So I was uh, an investment banker for more years than I like to think about now, but my roots were really in, in working with financial services companies. And so a few years ago with fintech growing in London, I opted for a much more exciting life and left the bank, started on my own as an angel investor. And today I run the venture capital firm that I founded. And all we do is fintech, B2B fintech. That's 100% of what, of what Assembly does. Thanks for that. Perhaps we could start then looking at the fintech scene in the UK. What do you see as we sit here in 2021? I think the fintech sector in the UK is definitely maturing. We saw the latest estimate from the Khalifa report was that there's about two and a half thousand fintechs right across the UK. Um, but I think in terms of the different stages, different sizes, this is really differing across the different fintech verticals. So sort of fintech payments, banking is probably most advanced in terms of the mid-sized and larger companies. But insurtechs are definitely snapping at their heels now. And we've even seen the first UK insurtech unicorn this year too. So I'm sure there's plenty more to come from there as well. And Michael, does it look similar from an investment perspective? I, I think so. The, 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 <clears throat> we see the, the UK as, as a world leader in, in fintech, and that's based on a whole number of things, including having the an incumbent industry, so being a major centre for banking, insurance, the time zone helps, the access to pools of labour and capital. It's, it, I, I think it's a significant national competitive advantage. I mean, I, I would say, of course, that we're talking about startups, which means that the majority of these firms are likely to fail. So, that, so the really good stuff is rare. That, that's an investor's viewpoint. And, and I think the UK is behind in terms of creating a growth ecosystem, which is part of what Victoria and I are involved in and what we're hoping and working to, you know, to make better. But the access 
to capital and also to advice and networks varies a lot between different areas of the country and and, and is, is generally not nearly at the same level as it is for companies in, in the United States, for example. We're definitely going to be exploring that that idea of what it takes to have a thriving ecosystem. And if we think about fintech initially as being that early disruptor and now emerging into a, a more mature, arguably not a subsector, but an intrinsic way that financial services delivered. How, how do you see the UK fintechs fitting into the, the, you know, the current transformation of the wider retail banking sector and, and beyond? We've seen a, a sort of move from that initial um, flurry, sort of buy versus build, where um, the institutions were sort of suddenly scrabbling to do lots of things in house when they felt like all the challenges um, were coming um, from the from the fintech startups. Um, and look, some fintechs will will want to go on to be the next global competitor in banking um, or another vertical, and that's a fantastic ambition. But for some fintechs, being part of that transformation journey for um, a bank will be a fantastic way for them to to scale and make their contribution. So I'm actually really excited about what we're seeing in terms of um, partnerships and the way that fintechs and financial institutions from banks, insurers, asset managers um, are starting to work together. It's um, it's a really big focus for us um, at Tech Nation. I'm very honoured to be the the guardian of the the UK fintech pledge, which is a commitment that institutions can make to um, work productively and transparently with their prospective fintech partners. Yeah, just to back up what Victoria said, I think there are deep structural reasons why it's difficult for banks, insurers, asset managers to innovate internally as as much as they'd like to. And so it it makes complete economic and organisational sense for them to to reach out. And of course, as B2B fintech specialists at Assembly, we see that all the time. And there has been, I think, a significant change. The pandemic was part of it and that it forced things like cloud adoption but uh, i think it's also partly a coincidence it was it was just going to happen around that time from as victoria said you know big banks insurers thinking they could do everything internally to understanding that they could work really constructively with um, with fintechs and you know the other way around too i think a lot of fintechs understanding that their natural best and largest customers were going to be the incumbents it's a story we've heard quite a lot and one that when I hear that and I think about the super tech mission across other subsectors, you, you can see how the, the fintech journey is such a forerunner potentially for what you know, law and, and property might might then go on into within that. But it also sounds like it could be very concentrated in London. So if we can shift direction for a moment and just say, look, outside of the capital, does the picture look different? You know, we've got hubs and emerging hubs, et cetera, are recognised by Khalifa. But what does it really look and feel like in the fintech ground, as it were? Um, I'm happy to jump in. And Hilary, you've um, referenced the Khalifa review, which was um, a fantastic effort from so many collectively across the, the national fintech ecosystem. And I think what we were really excited about doing in Khalifa was the opportunity to really shine a light on the vast array of fantastic fintech activity that was happening outside London. I think London is a brilliant national asset. It's a super hub. Um, it puts us on the global map in fintech. Tech. And it certainly brings opportunities that many in investment and 
and talent that many across the uh, the country can go on to to draw upon. But um, it's been great to see um, the way that the established clusters, um, sort of their Edinburgh, Glasgow um, cluster, um, the, what we're seeing, sort of the corridor across the Pennines from Manchester to Leeds, and um, indeed Birmingham itself being recognised for the um, breadth and potential of the fintech cluster there. And um, of course, that doesn't uh, doesn't just stop there. We have the emerging clusters in Bristol and Bath, Reading and West London, Cardiff, Belfast, Cambridge um, and Newcastle and Durham too. And I think it'd be really interesting to sort of see how these clusters are clearly underway and are driven by a combination of factors, whether it's um, sort of proximity to financial services, proximity to, to other tech companies, the accelerators and support available or um, local academia as well. It'll be sort of fantastic to see how they all evolve in their own right, because there's some real specialities coming out um, across the country too. I think you've got a lot in sort of banking, payments, lending in, in Birmingham, and it's sort of really great to see how that will continue to evolve. And Michael, you mentioned COVID in your answer earlier. COVID has emphasised that you can be anywhere and nowhere and, and, and actually the, maybe the need to not be in the city has changed. We're certainly seeing the arrival of you know, Goldman Sachs type news as big companies reassess their footprint and, and think beyond that. I think we should start maybe by stressing what the challenges are. So, you know, startups need, they ideally want to be not a million miles away from their clients. So if you're disrupting an industry, it can help to be near the incumbents. That's not, not essential, but, but certainly being near your clients. And you want access to deep pools of capital and you want access to pools of labour. So it isn't going to be easy to replicate all of those things everywhere outside London. And so some degree of specialisation can help. I think sometimes the nature of a particular university. Or it can be um, it can be that there's a particular a large company. So there's all kinds of things, some of which are accidental, some of which involve planning at the local government level, some of which are national. It's a difficult thing, I think, to, to create. I, I mean, much as we would love there to be fintech successfully happening everywhere in the country, it's not going to. There will be a few places where it happens, and there might be exceptional companies that are created anywhere. But if, if we're talking about creating cultures or ecosystems in which we can reliably, consistently, year after year, see interesting things coming up, that's not going to happen everywhere in the country. It's going to happen in a few places. We're very keen to reach outside London, find those companies, be part of those ecosystems, contribute to them. We've started with Scotland, with Belfast, and with, with Leeds. With Yorkshire, and we're looking to do that in the northeast. So, looking at Newcastle, Sunderland, but we clearly want to get to Manchester, to Birmingham, and other places. Absolutely, in terms of you know, the, the the necessity of having a baseline number of ingredients that go in, and 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 then that happenstance as you describe. But when you talk about you know looking to get involved in a region, and that, what what does that mean? You know, really practically, what things are you looking for, and what are the opportunities for a region? You know, through an investor relationship like that? We don't think that talent is confined to London or confined to people who come to London. You, know, you can have that the core of what we do as investors in fintech or as venture investors is, is we're looking for people with great ideas. There are lots and lots of fintech companies. Um, I think Victoria said, did you say two and a half thousand? 
Indeed, yes. Of those two and a half thousand, there will be a, a small number that have really amazing ideas. And if you can marry those ideas to teams and to funding, then you can create enormously successful companies. So what we're looking for in the first instance, to answer your question, Hilary, is we're looking to get into conversations with people who have an, a concrete idea that will improve some aspect of financial services very significantly. Not make it a bit better, but make it much better. You're listening to Beyond the Capital with me, Hilary Smith-Allen. Please do rate, review and subscribe on your normal podcast app. And do get in touch if you have topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. To reach us, email us on hello at supertechwm.com. And all of those things to come together, but the provision of capital, as you say, is, is one element. Victoria, do you have any other ideas or, or experience of what makes a big, significant difference for those companies to actually grow? You know, not just the ingredients, but how do you make the most of the ingredients in a, in a place? I think when you're scaling, um, obviously capital is um, is key, but then so much around sort of talent and people will really come into play um, as well. At Tech Nation, we uh, we run a fintech growth programme, which is a national programme, and there's an opportunity from companies right across the UK to join that scaling cohort. And I think what's really important about a programme like that is it's not just about the capabilities that we're able to share through the programme and through the networking, but it's also about the ambitions. I think with local clusters, there's a great opportunity to really um, instill that sort of startup expertise, um, some of those specialisms. But then there comes to a point where if you start to be um, a big fish in a small pond, um, there's an opportunity then to bring the really thriving fintechs from all of the different clusters across the country together into um, a, a peer group. And that's what we really try to do on the programme. So I think some of it's around really raising the ambitions as well, having the opportunity to think about the export um, destinations that you might start to, to broach to. So there's some really sort of core ingredients that you can't do without, but I wouldn't um, underestimate the softer stuff as well. I think that can make a big difference. If we could bring it back round then to the UK ecosystem and Michael up front, you, you said that the UK is a leader, but had some fairly structural challenges or perhaps wasn't punching above its weight. What does this look like then in, in an international perspective? What I meant was that the UK is a leader for fintech, but it is absolutely commonplace. In fact, I would say it happens almost every time that when a company reaches a certain size, their next lead investor will be from the United States. American capital is still absolutely dominant in terms of growth companies. So, so that's something that's just missing. We, we need to grow the VC growth ecosystem in the UK so that, so that there are more domestic funds that can help companies scale globally and that are attractive to founders that have, the, that have a, a track record of doing that. That's at the growth stage. At a much earlier stage, there is this sort of identified by the British Business Bank. There is this famous equity gap. So, so you find that you know we, that we have the um, EIS and SEIS system, and that works quite well for angel investors. But of course, companies need not just increasing amounts of money; they need they need more expertise in terms of advice and help and networks, etc. And most institutional money—that's even VC money—is not going to come in until your recurring revenues of five, probably even $10 million or more. And, and so that, that gap in the UK needs to be 
addressed. It's been a very persistent gap. If I look at the companies in which we're invested, Assembly, as I said, is unusual. We do genuine early stage investing. We have been the first VC on every, in every single firm that we're in. And in most of them, we're still the only VC. And some of those firms are now at a point where they're within 18 to 24 months of a stock market listing, or they're doing very big rounds, which will be led by an American firm, which means there are whole sort of aspects to, to a, a venture and growth ecosystem, which in the UK we've, we've got to work on. And Victoria, what do the stats and figures say? Does it back up the similar story? So that's really um, fascinating to think about that sort of change in the in the VC landscape um, in the UK. But if, if we step back and um, take a, a macro comparison, um, there's a really strong story to tell for UK fintech. Um, looking at the Tech Nation report stats for 2021, um, UK fintech raised four and a half billion dollars of a VC investment in 2020. And this was second only to um, the raises in the US. So that puts us above um, India and China and um, far above our nearest European competitors. So I think Sweden and Germany were on about a billion pounds um, per country a VC investment raised in fintech. So um, clearly still uh, always opportunities and further to further to go, but I think we should be really proud of, uh, of that national um, uh, achievement. And it's quite interesting as well, even though the VC numbers dropped last year, I think it was 6 billion in 2019, but we saw a bit of a shift away from VC with some of the maturer companies um, like Walker and Molo actually moving into debt financing. So it's probably important to look at all the different instruments um, available as the um, sector matures, because VC investment alone might not be the only indicator of growth. The picture you paint there is something that really resonates, this feeling of it being quite a limited pool outside of London, having to travel, having to go beyond your natural barriers. If you had a final piece of advice, if you're a fintech listening, perhaps not based in London, what would you say to them? I think there are lots of there's lots of sort of cheerleading, lots of things that, that encourage fintechs to be like one another. And if I had one piece of advice, it would be to be really tough on yourself. Keep going back to the idea, your core idea, are you really innovating? Do you really have something that you can execute that is 10 times better than what currently exists? If you've got that, you will find somebody who listens to you, funds you, you will be able to employ world-class teams and all the rest of it. What we see too often is um, firms that, that go early or have something that's quite good, and that goes a little way and, and ultimately doesn't work. You cannot overinvest in the, in the strength of your core idea. Victoria? So as I just wrap up from a um, place perspective by um, by saying, surely this is your time. Stick your family home up in Hull and use Zoom to uh, establish everything you've ever dreamt of. Because uh, if you can't do it now, well, everybody's online. You could speak to Singapore, Hong Kong, Michael. Then uh, this is the time to make the most of that. Thank you both very much. Thanks, Hilary. Thank you, Hilary. That was Victoria Roberts of Tech Nation and Michael Baptista of Assembly Capital Partners. You've been listening to Beyond the Capital podcast from Supertech. 
a new series that explores the future of technology in the world of work, please do rate, review and subscribe on your normal podcast app. And do get in touch if you have topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. 